Welcome to our 10th EIU Entrepreneurs Podcast. This week sounds a little bit different. Uh, this is Christian speaking with you because this week I am interviewing Nigel. Um, so today we're talking with Nigel Adams. Nigel is the director of the Buckingham Enterprise and Innovation Unit. He's also normally the interviewer on our podcast. So this week we thought we'd do something a bit different and we're going to talk to Nigel and we're going to talk about his time running the business enterprise program and the launch of the Buckingham Enterprise and Innovation Unit. So hello Nigel. Hello Christian. It's been a long time since we've spoken isn't it? <laughs> like every day. Um, even at weekends. So let's start off. Do you want to tell us a bit about your background and what you did before you joined the University of Buckingham? Um, well, that would take up the whole of the time, so I better shorten it. Um, I, I'm quite old, as you all know, everybody knows that. So I actually managed to get an honours degree, a not very good one, in business studies in the second year there was such a course in the UK. I was on the second year of it at a place that was then called Lanchester College of Technology, and which became Lanchester Polytechnic which became Coventry University. And about a year or two ago, they actually celebrated that we were in our 50th year since the degree started. They actually got that wrong as well. It was, they did it a year late. But I was on that course and there were, I always remember, 86 lads and one girl. There you go, that's a different time. But I'm one of the, I'm one of the original degree apprentices, which um, people are now talking about in UK because um, I actually got paid to go and study uh, as a Massey Ferguson, Christian will be smiling now, commercial student apprentice. Anyway, long story short, I got a degree. I continued to be a Massey Ferguson person and ended up in many jobs, um, interesting jobs, such as the, um, the uh, Massey Ferguson's uh, export activities in special territories, which were all the communist countries. And then I became involved in barter and counter trade. And I was the first barter and counter trade manager in Massey Ferguson. Before I got headhunted into a commodity trading company called Cargill, and uh, I uh, lasted there for 18 months because um, they were a very different organisation, great organisation, but didn't really know how to handle me. Let's put it like that. And out of the blue, I saw a job first time ever that advertised for me to be a know-how fund advisor in Poland to help change the mentality of uh, state companies from uh, state-oriented to marketing and customer-oriented businesses. And that was in 1993. And that was supposed to last 18 months. And it lasted until 2002. And I, before that, I'd been a visiting lecturer for one term at the University of Buckingham. And when I came back in 2002, my wife and children said, you ought to get a proper job, really. So I uh, continued actually being an advisor, helping people establish businesses in Eastern Europe and Central Europe. And I then became a visiting lecturer at the University of Buckingham. And that was in 2002. Um, that lasted until I was asked to be the uh, program director of business enterprise in 2008. So that quite lasted quite a long time. But that was because I was still continuing my consultancy work. I then came business enterprise director, as I said, in uh, 2008, January. There you go, Christian. Um, a short and to the point story. 
Excellent. So taking on from that, what was it about business enterprise and the BB program that, that got you sort of pushing you towards being that program director and what excited you about that opportunity? Um, well, I'd been helping businesses establish uh, in, in Eastern Europe um, and helped people move businesses from East, from Western Europe to Eastern Europe. So I'd had some experience. I'd also had some experience in the know-how fund being involved with a, with a an investment fund because that was the way the businesses in Eastern Europe were, were being transformed. So I got a little bit of a background of that. And when I came back and was being a visiting lecturer, visiting lecturers in the university and everybody told you end up doing far more than they ever expect. And then I was asked by the dean then of the business school if I would take over the, the, um, the uh, business enterprise degree, because basically everybody knows that the business enterprise students are a bit different. They're uh, enterprising, uh, outgoing, uh, and very demanding. And uh, they said, Nigel, you're the kind of person who could probably handle these boys and girls. So that's what happened. And we ended up starting the year, there was 10 in 2006. Uh, I think nine survived and got degrees. And then unfortunately it went down to six, I think the following year, or perhaps, perhaps it was eight the following year. Anyway, the, the situation was declining. And in fact, the Dean said to me, if we don't get enough students, we're gonna close the program. So I said, I'll go and get students, which is what we went and did. And we went up from six to 10 to 12 to 15. And then we got running at the usual 15 to 20, which has been our norm over the years. So that's that's how it happened. And uh, I'm very pleased I got involved in it. So do you want to expand now? We, we sort of started with business enterprise. Now we've got the, the unit. Do you want a, a bit of a history about how the unit came about and how we, we grew from well, when I first met you and we were sharing an office for far too long? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Um, by the way, anybody who knows us will know we're totally and utterly different characters. And in fact, it's quite amazing that we've actually managed to survive working. Well, he survived working for me and I've actually survived having him as a... Yeah, I was going to say, say vice versa on that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, what happened was um, Buckingham, as you know, is a place that is uh, very like a family business growing up. And we were running uh, business enterprise activities as part of the business school, which was great because we were basically left alone to get on with it and we did and that worked very well and we were building up students and we were aiming to expand and develop a bit more but um, sadly we didn't have any money in the university so Christian actually volunteered to be my first employee uh, without pay we wouldn't do that nowadays but we did in those days and he actually was a time doing something called an uh, basically he was a, a stringer for, for video companies i.e he got jobs from time to time so when he didn't have a job he came and worked with me and then we built up a bit more and uh, we found that there's a very nice gentleman uh, called brian kingham who was willing to actually finance christian's first salary and uh, that he paid for six months and then the university could afford him and we carried on from there that was great but we realized that things could be even better and my very good friend the development director of the time alistair lomax said nigel um, uh, why don't we uh, actually do something properly there is a building that needs to be built and uh, we've already got about three million pounds from a very nice gentleman called lord nigel vinson but we need another three million pounds so why don't we go and get it from the local growth fund so basically alistair and i put together a business plan and we got three million pounds it was a bit more complex than that but we did um, and then after that, uh, the building was being built and Alistair said, why don't we get some real money to run your business? And 
your business enterprise activities and your enterprise. So I said, where are we going to get real money from? And he said, well, there's a richest woman in Germany. She's a wonderful lady and she might be willing to consider. So I said, why would she want to do this? She said, because she's an alumna from Buckingham and she's very enterprising, very, very keen on what we're doing. And we could put together a plan and see what happens. Well, we put together a plan and we got two million euros to run the Buckingham Enterprise and Innovation Unit, which wasn't called that at that time. We didn't have a name for it, but that's what we called it. And we have it enough money to run it for three or four years, well, probably more now. And that's how it happened. And then we started to get staff and develop the, into the building. We have the Buckingham Enterprise Hub. Those of you who know it uh, will not be older students, older graduates won't even know anything about this. You're always welcome to come and see it. Wonderful. So now we've done the history, uh, let's find a bit more about Nigel and how Nigel works with the course. What would you say is your favourite part of the sort of, of the course? How many years? That was probably what, 12, 13? Yes, 12, 13. Um, seeing the wonderful development of the students into very different people at the end and going on to doing amazing jobs and creating new opportunities. Wonderful. And following on from that, can you talk about some of the interesting people you've met since you've mm. been sort of in man managing enterprise in the university? Um, well, they're, they're an enormous range of people. Um, we've we've met people like Lord Billy Moria. We've met um, uh, other other interesting characters who perhaps are not so well known but are quite close to us. There's a man called Richard Cook who is one of our visiting entrepreneurs, and another young man called um, Adam McGill who is um, again a visiting entrepreneur. These are the kind of people who work very closely with us, know our students, and are part of our system, which is. If you don't know about BBE, it was the first in the world at undergraduate level back in 2006 where students must run a business to get their degree. And within four months or so of arriving, they are pitching for up to £5,000 to run the business and they're pitching to Buckingham Angels. Now, Buckingham Angels is made up of external people like Richard and, and um, Adam and other very good entrepreneurial people and our internal colleagues who are uh, academics. And the students then have to run that business. If that doesn't work, the first one doesn't work, they have to start another one. And if that doesn't work, they have to start another one. And they do it all within two years. So um, very different world and they all grow up differently. So other interesting people, well, um, as I said, Lord Billy Moria has been around and seen us and seen what we're doing. Um, Sir Anthony Selden, our previous vice chancellor, did introduce us to quite a lot of people, some of whom, well, um, I won't even talk about all of them because they've been <laughs> some interesting characters. But um, what's resulted in it is that we've enabled the students to actually mix with a whole range of different people. And they're not shy. They're not surprised when I ask them to do a 30 second elevator pitch, as they call it, in front of anybody, a lord, uh, um, a chief executive, anybody, they will just do it. And that is what we're trying to create. We're trying to create people who are outgoing, can actually just do it. Thanks, Nike, for that lovely phrase. I, I think, yeah, one of my favourite thoughts about the course of like memories is when we had a visit from Rod Aldridge, who on oh. no warning just turned up and we admittedly didn't know a lot about him. <laughs> and we introduced him to a tutorial with his butler. Yes, that was one of the more interesting ones, wasn't it? Yes, that was yeah, quite so fun. 
Um, and of course, we've had some amazing people come in and talk about their experiences of running businesses. And and uh, what we find, I must admit, is we haven't had the extremely famous people um, because they're in a different kind of league. And my students and our students, we want them to be aspiring towards certain people. And what we prefer is young people who are doing well at the age of 25, 30, and are still with that mentality, which is very close to what our students are like. And they can aspire to it again we need to attract more women into the program. We've run over the years at about 25 to 30% women. This year, we've managed to get 50% women, but not many, unfortunately, on the course again, but that's not a problem. But we need to get more women to come in and talk about being entrepreneurs because we've got to get more women into the activity then. Generally, um, more active, they're generally, they will always, unfortunately, try and say they're not good enough when in fact they do generally far better than the men. Yes, it's a, it's a common trait we have with our students. So, expanding more beyond some of your favourite moments, as a lecturer, as a mentor, you often sort of deal with a lot of students, you deal with a lot of the issues they have, you almost, you see them grow up, as you said. What are some of your proudest moments as a head of programme? Um, I think going back a few years, um, to see um, a couple come together on the course, get married and have the first what we called a BBE baby. Uh, that was um, Sean O'Bedi and uh, Davinia. Um, sadly, I, they're, they're not together anymore, but that's sad, but is, is life, unfortunately. But that was an amazing situation to see the three of them all dressed in their graduation gowns together, including the baby, which we thought was rather wonderful. There's been that. There's been others. Um, one of my podcasts recently was with uh, Hugh, um, Hubert uh, Stur, um, who is the um, president of Eggenberg Brewery um, in Austria. Well, he is now at the age of he's 15 years down the line, so he's about 35. And he's, of course, grown up uh, having come through our course, having gone to a master's program involving um, brewery and other factors, and is now running that family business. That's a great success. And we have others around the world who are getting on well. We have Paula Bogan in Uganda, who is running her own consultancy business, employing now 14 people and helping startups in Uganda. So a whole range of different people um, if we talk about um, others, Matthew Campbell doing things in London, we've got Sean Gawain doing things in London, uh, we've got, um, oh, Sasha, Sash, uh, who's doing things in South Africa. Have a listen to the, the various um, podcasts and you'll see the range and characters of people who over the last 15 years have gone on to do amazing things and we are very proud of them. That's good. I think it's yeah, this podcast has been a great little experience for us, listening to what they're doing and kind of catching up. You, you say about that, you, you visited a few of them in, in other countries, haven't you? Oh, yes, yes. My son happens to be married to a young lady from Vietnam who he met. This is Buckingham all over at the University of Buckingham. He wasn't a student here. He was actually doing some, some uh, part-time work. I met this young lady called... Uh, called um, Sam, Sam, San, if you get the name right, San, and uh, they got married uh, nine years ago and they have two kids. But when I've been to Vietnam with my wife a couple of times, we've been to a place called Na Chang, which is halfway down the coast. And there we have Amelia Jiang, Yang, who is a graduate of ours who 
went back to run her own business involving wood and also um, helping her dad and mum's business develop and bring in some different technology to it. And I remember a great fun with my wife and I being on the beach at Na Chang building sandcastles with Amelia's two sons, who are about six and four, I would think by now, probably getting the dates wrong, but never mind. But that's the kind of examples we've got. I would love one day to go around and I, see a few others around the world. Should we make that an invite? If anybody would like a visit, let the contact us. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll after COVID. The world for fun. After COVID, that will be fun. After COVID, yeah. we'll, we'll, as we're intending to stay in my village with my wife at the moment, be very careful. So, talk about that a bit. Let's talk about because I think this is something that always interests students: is Nigel outside of work? <laughs> what is Nigel like outside work? Exactly the same as inside work. Work, and uh, when I stop enjoying what I'm doing, I'm doing. I will stop doing it. Now, obviously, there are times when I get a little frustrated and I am being known to be not very happy. Um, I can see the smile on Christian's face. Uh, but in general, I tend to be quite happy and outgoing. And um, my life is one of um, work and pleasure and home and the garden and other things all mixed in together. I, I kind of just keep going. Well, we're all rather silly in BU, as we call it. By the way, BU is a lovely name. It's BU. And that's what we try and make our students be. But BU is different. We just I love what we're doing. And um, I can't stop my staff working. It's incredibly difficult to get people to go home. And that's really quite challenging because they should go home and also take some holidays. But I'm not very good because I don't do it either. But there you go. No, it's not it's not our best trait, is it? it is. As we record a podcast, everyone else has gone home. Yes, it isn't a Friday night though, Christian. You've done done a Thursday night. This is a miracle. It's unbelievable. Uh, we won't tell them that we're recording it the night before we put it out. It's <laughs> not a good reputation for us, do you? Well, no. We normally get ahead, don't we? But we, by the way, any of our lovely students, graduates out there, um, uh, we we are needing you to come and talk to us if you dare. Well, actually, the others seem to have survived quite well if you listen to the podcast. Uh, but we need to talk some more, especially the young women. So. Thinking more about sort of some of the skills and capability you picked up as a program director to keep a program that admittedly is quite small for the university, which is also a small university that is globally recognised. What are some of the things you think, if you were saying to a uh, another program director or someone that wants to do this sort of program, what are the key skills that you've learned and that you've utilised to help you get to this point? Mm. I think one of the things is you have to keep going. You've got to be enterprising. And the entrepreneurs that we've studied and, and looked at are very tenacious. You cannot give up. You might hit a brick wall. You've got to go over it, round it or under it or knock it down. And that's the kind of approach we tend to do. One thing I've tried to encourage more universities to do what we call venture creation programs, which is what we are, and research by people like Martin Lakeus in Sweden and now our colleagues and friends in the Norwegian Technical University in Trondheim are studying this kind of thing around the world. But they've, again, not finding many, 20, 25, like it mostly with postgraduates. And the problem is that we are so close to our students. And uh, I smile when I tell our students this, we've actually learned the system we use. And uh, a lovely Australian friend of mine called Colin Jones, who was a plumber and is now a PhD, in studies 
education phenomenally and is a wonderful enterprise educator. He taught me what we do, which is hutagogy. I probably said it wrong, and your people will be going, what on earth is hutagogy? Well, check it out. It's student-centered learning. You've heard of pedagogy. You've heard of another one called andragogy, which is somewhere in the middle. And then there's us who do this strange thing of actually getting our students to be involved deeply in, and permanently in their learning and try and understand how they learn and why they learn and how we can help them learn better. And that's what we're that's what we're all about. We're not about creating small businesses. That's that's part of the fun. But no, we're about changing and developing mindsets to develop an enterprising approach to life, which means basically, yes, I can do it. Let's go do it. Not, oh, that's going to be too difficult. That's what we're trying to create. And that's what our future is as well. And that's the only way we're going to get ourselves and the rest of the world out of this mess we're in now. So you talk a bit about the enterprising mindset. What are some of your advice to any teachers, educators who might be listening to how to get the enterprising mindset really ingrained in their students? Um, as much practical work as you can. Um, even if you can't do what we do, which is get the students to run real businesses. And to do that in a big university is horrific. Most big universities would run a mile at it. Buckingham is different. We're allowed to do it. We're independent and we're different. And as a result, we can actually allow 18 year old students to run real businesses. Ask anybody else, they won't find many like that. But the main thing is that you've got to get through that practical thing. You've got to take the academic theory, use it, get them to study it. Sometimes force them to study it because entrepreneurial students are terrible at not doing things they don't really think they want to. And you've got to persuade them that I know this isn't what you think you want to do, but I can assure you, go and ask some of our graduates, this is a way you should be learning. And then we persuade them to do it. Then they actually take that theory and go use it in their businesses. And they come back and say, well, actually that worked quite well, or that was rubbish. That was, and then we say, okay, reflect on it. Now tell us how you would do it better and go give me some evidence of what that comes from, whether it's evidence from outside or, or evidence from, from uh, research into, into obviously into articles academic journals, books, anything, but give me some evidence and, and, and reflect on it. Keep reflecting on how you can keep improving. And then we've got a fighting chance. You'll succeed very well in the world. Excellent. And do you think, well, this is, this is a big debate for entrepreneurship. <laughs> do you think entrepreneurship can be taught? <laughs> um, I think when we've seen over the years and there's been so many people studying this but um i christian will smile i'm going to use that lovely midland phrase which means a lot different nowadays to what it used to be there's not as queer as folk there's nothing as strange as people and anybody who's done lots of psychology and research into people will i'm sure agree and one of the things you've got to see is some people have just got that something and i can't put a number on it. I can't put anything on it. But you know, they've got that approach to life, which is enterprising. Now, the problem they will have is because they're such characters, they hate the bureaucracy, they hate book activity, the, the, the bookkeeping and the, the all those things. But if they carry on like that, and they completely mess up their VAT or their approach to company's house, they will be out of business. So we've got to get through to those enterprising and very entrepreneurial students that, sorry, sometimes you have to do some boring things or find somebody who will do it for you if you can afford them. 
and that's the kind of thing that we've got to get across so i believe that we identify those we also identify people and students who can work with these characters because if you look around at branson or anybody else they've got people alongside them who they trust and who trust them and if branson is going off with an idea which is absolutely insane he'll have people around and say richard that's not a good idea whereas I'm trying to create or we're trying to create students who can work like that with entrepreneurs and they get used to it here. One thing I'm just going to say about students, I have to say it, um, the schooling system sadly does not help us because the teachers don't have enough time to get the to students to be enterprising. A four year old is far more creative and enterprising than a 15 year old in UK sadly. But what we do is we get those ones who survive that system and come in. And one young man a few a couple of years ago said, Nigel, this is amazing in the enterprise hub. At school, I was totally different from everybody else. In here, I'm the same as everybody. That's what we're going to try and get. And that is the kind of thing that will help us certainly in the current situation. Wonderful. So the next thing I want to just you know, touch on quickly is the concept of what we call Granddad Nigel, what's it like to work with students and talk about the relationship that you've developed with your students over the years and sort of how that system works that is quite unconventional, probably the best way to say it? Oh yeah, because I shout at them, I tell them off, I, as they know, if you've done something really well, it's not bad at all at all. Uh, and that's it, you know, but I'm chairman as well. Chairman of every company I've ever known are never satisfied with their managing directors or their boards. They can't be. The role is to be questioning and advising and commenting. That's what my role is. In, in addition, I have to keep pushing. Now, some of the students come in, they don't need much of a push. Others, either, well, I'm not going to say what they need, but they need it. Um, and as a result, um, but I think one of the things I was asking my colleague um, Katie about it I said very strange I shout at students and they seem to come back and her words were wonderful she said yes but you do it with empathy and I thought that was a lovely tip because my role and what I want them is to succeed and if they're being daft as I would call it then I would tell them they're being daft in my opinion they don't have to take my opinion they can go and do something else but they're going to get it if they're on the course and how have you found the um the extracurricular side of it, sort, sort, supporting students in their mental health and mental well-being, because starting a business at university is not easy. It's not. And also the characters we get are on every position in the scale. In fact, some of them haven't found the scale yet, if you know what I mean. So we have um, people with ADHD, we have people with dyslexia. Look, those are the people we want. Those are the people who, to put it, mildly have not found the box let alone find their way out of it you know they're the people who are going to make the difference they're the ones who are the entrepreneurs and remember one of the most wonderful definitions of entrepreneurs is entrepreneurs see the invisible and i'm sorry i can't even get the correct reference on that because i don't remember where it came from but it's a wonderful phrase and it means such a lot so i think that we also do quite a lot the enterprise hub has got things going on now the students will be pleased to hear that we're doing more than BBE. We're doing now enterprise for everybody who wants to do it in the university and they can all come in the enterprise hub, work with us. They don't have to start businesses. What they do have to do is be enterprising and create something of value from someone else. And that could be a social enterprise, it could be anything. It could be a legal advice workshop if they want to, but we want those kind of things to be developed both with our 
students and our staff. And of course, we work a lot with the external community. We are a million, three million, or what was it? Three million from the local growth fund uh, was part of the reason for it. Is we created the enterprise hub for local businesses. So Buckinghamshire Business First, any member of that, which is free for any business in Buckinghamshire, can use the enterprise hub free of charge as a, as a hot desk facility. And of course, then they meet our students. Our students meet other people running businesses and they get on very well because they're both having the same kind of problem. So it is a complete mixture. Uh, we uh, welcome anybody and we're looking for ways of improving things. So I think I, I couldn't include, uh, couldn't do a podcast with you, an interview with you without mentioning the idea of an entrepreneurial ecosystem and mm -hmm. our American friend. Oh, um, yes. Do you want to talk about what you've set up in your role uh, in BU and how you're key to the entrepreneurial ecosystem of Buckingham, really? Mm, yeah. Well, there's a wonderful band called Norris Kruger in Boise, Idaho, and he's famous in the world for being an incredible enterprise and entrepreneurship educator, uh, also trying to create good enterprise and entrepreneurial ecosystems in the world and recognizing that they cannot be imposed by regional or, or national governments or even local governments. They've got to be run by the entrepreneurs who can see advantages coming together and working and then see advantages in helping new entrepreneurs to develop. And they've done this around the world and Norris does it in, in Boise, he's done it around other places. So how do we do it in Buckingham? Well, of course, Buckingham has to be different. There's a wonderful entrepreneur called Andrew Nicholson and another lovely lady called Karen Adams, not related to me, but we're very good friends. Both of them are entrepreneurs to their fingertips. And Andrew came up with this lovely idea called the Startup Decompression Session on Friday nights in the pub recognizing that everybody reaches the end and therefore they'd be good to have a bit of a chat for an hour or two in the pub on a Friday night and get an ecosystem going and helping people who want to develop entrepreneurial and, and, and supporting people going through challenges in their entrepreneurial life. And that's what we did. Sadly, we can't do it at the moment because the pub and all the rest of it, but we are going to return to it. In fact, I'd love to start a, an even bigger one. And that's what we should be doing because we've got to get this mentality of enterprise more into the whole population not everybody running a business I don't want that but I want them to be approaching things in an enterprising and can-do way and that's important so that's that's uh, that's what we do but we are seemingly quite well known around the world even though we are tiny and we have a group of enterprise educators who work on Twitter and on Facebook and on LinkedIn and others and spread the word about how the best forms of enterprise and entrepreneurship education can be developed and um, we're pretty much at the forefront of that, even if uh, we are only a tiny outpost in Buckingham. Excellent. So I've got two more questions for, for you. The first one is, what are the biggest things you have learned from your students? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, my, probably the, the biggest is how students can change. Um, uh, they're not set in their ways and when they arrive they have a certain view to life and when they go they've changed so I, I've learned that people can be very flexible but you've got to be able to show them why they should change you've also got to show them especially the entrepreneurial boys and girls um, that 
almost what's in it for them, not talking financially, but um, not, not only do they want to get a good degree, but they want to go on and do things. So why is it I should learn about this when I don't think I need to know it at the moment? Well, we explain by getting someone from the future who's actually recognised the problem and says, it, you, you do need to do more on finance. You do need to know, learn about law. You're not going to become a lawyer or accountant, but you've got to know when to go to the lawyers and when to go to the accountants. And that's the kind of advice we get from our alumni. And we mustn't forget this group of 100 or so people, more than 100 now, who are out there and doing things. And you'll hear from our podcast. They have actually remembered and used a lot of what they learned on the course. And they want to give back. And they're very happy to come back and talk to our current students and work with them. And that's always a great thing because they can see that both sides can see they're not far from each other and can, can gain from each other. It's wonderful. Awesome. So final question, as you probably are expecting. If you could go back to the first day as program director, what advice would you give yourself? <sighs> Keep calm. And um, there will be challenges, but you need to keep fighting. Because amazingly, if you keep going and you have a good plan, you can get there. Look, we didn't believe we could have an amazing six, seven million pound building with an amazing enterprise hub and the funds to run it. We were running as a, a little tiny operation in a part of the business school running on a on a on an american style bootstrapping exercise we were incredible and we've gone from that to having an amazing building an amazing environment group of people and now we're about to launch the next stage because we've not even talked about this because it's not happened yet but we are literally launching a new master's program that's going to be helping students from outside who've got good degrees but can't get jobs because we believe we can help them get those jobs by providing those skills that they don't have the emotional intelligence, the, the skills of communications, the understanding of commercial world, enterprising mentality, and of course, um, that ability to sell themselves. And we're going to do it with a depth of, of, of um, academia at master's level, looking at why those things in research and, and models produced by academic uh, studies are vital to them. And then they're going to use them with local businesses and regional businesses to actually go do projects. So they will actually get to know what it's like to be in a business. And we believe those students are going to be easily get jobs in these days, or they might even get the bug and want to start their own business. And we can help them do that as well. So that's going to be our next phase. Uh, BBE is part of us and will never disappear, but we're moving on and doing other things like Enterprise for All. And of course, uh, we haven't even mentioned it. We work with the medical school. We're working with other schools to ensure that an enterprising spirit is found everywhere and helps us develop in ourselves and the world. Excellent. Well, thank you for your time, Nigel. This has been an interesting experience. Well, it's been interesting. We've never done it before, and we uh, I don't know whether we'll, we'll ever do it again. Probably not, but at least uh, we'll see what the reaction of the uh, customers are. That's always the interesting thing, isn't it? Exactly. Okay, well, thank you very much, and we'll have another podcast in a week's time. Very good. Bye-bye. If you'd like to get more information about 
Buckingham Enterprise and Innovation Unit and our amazing students, please click on www.beiu.co.uk where you can also find more podcasts.